0: Hello, and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly.
1: Je suis Stéphane.
0: Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to live-aboard cruising. Sailing and rigging. What a great topic. We have been just steeped in this kind of back and forth, trying to flip-flop around and see what we want to do with our sailing plan and, and our rigging setup. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Really excited about that.
1: Yeah, a little bit more technical, Yeah, but, um, so stick but with quite us. interesting.
0: And then just to kind of set the mood for you here, it's uh, after school in Montpellier, so the streets are buzzing and busy, and it seems like Tuesdays is the street cleaning day too, so we have uh, these, and the streets are very, very clean all the time. Um, But it's kind of like a a barnyard explosion of after school kids running around and all that stuff. So there might be some background noise. So let's, uh, yeah, let's uh, dive in and talk about what we've been kind of wrestling with in terms of our sail plan.
1: Yeah. And and basically, I mean, you're buying the boat and then you have different categories of options the one we're talking about is the sales and rigging and the reason also where we're spending more time on this it's because when you compare to the overall cost you know so we have a little spreadsheet of options we want and don't want and obviously it's it's going to depend of of you on options but right now we've picked some options um with a carbon mast and and the carbon cross beam and so when we look at the overall cost, the boat itself is about two-thirds of the overall price. As a
0: starting price, we, we actually need to figure out if we can afford that. <laughs> We're kind of talking about configurations, which is why it's important to look at it in terms of the cost. And just a little sidebar here, in the last episode, we mentioned that um, we are getting an Uchimera that's a brand new model which we're allowed to say, um, but we can't talk about what it is. So we'll contain a lot of the more specifics to the particular boat. We won't be talking about that. We'll be talking about, you know, um, in a general sense, what we're able to choose from today. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And pre- spreadsheets are cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to, uh, yeah. To spreadsheets are cheap. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So overall with our current spreadsheet. um, with obviously the big ticket items in is the big categories of sales and rigging. And in that category, so we, we're, we're to, let me step back to give like this um, order of numbers. So with the current price, overall price we have, it's uh, two thirds of the cost is the boat itself and what comes standard with the boat. And then one third is, is everything else, all the options. So there are many categories. The sails and rigging, um, depending on what you choose, uh, can be up to almost twenty percent of the overall cost. If you of go with, yeah. you know, with carbon mast, carbon crossbeam, and and depending on the sails uh, setup. Of course, if you if you keep the standard mast, uh, the standard sails, sails uh, mm. uh, which standard will be uh, dacron sails, and that's what you find on the. Um, the production boats, we had Dacron sales on Mm -hmm. our front end Peugeot we're going to assume if you if you're buying an an Ultramare performance boat and you intend to sell it around the world then you're going to at least upgrade to hydronet sales so those are like laminated sales and they're going to Keep their shape better over time, and uh, so that w- that would be one assumption. But you can obviously keep the I mean aluminum mast, aluminum boom, yeah, and the uh, the aluminum beam as well. And obviously that will reduce your overall cost for the boat, and that will reduce the overall percentage right. of the sails and rigging. Cost versus the, the And it cost. seems
0: to me in the conversations um, that people who are looking at these performance catamarans do take a second look at what comes standard and they do make upgrades, just in ge- generally speaking. Uh, at least that was my impression from the conversations we've had with those guys. And, um, yeah, so we're also, you know, thinking about how we're going to use the boat and why we decided to change to a performance catamaran in the first place, which was the joy of sailing and all of the comfort things that we covered, um, in performance is not the right word podcast, uh, to talk about more of the comfort sailing joy of sailing aspects of the boat.
1: Mm-hmm. And just as a side note, I mean, for a production boat, at least for front end Peugeot, it came with a Dacron main and Dacron Genoa, but there was no options for uh, anything else. A, yeah, yeah, a better material. So you could choose uh, afterwards, um, like your downwind sales, but at least for those uh, standard sales. And, was and no all of that option. would be
0: bought extra, not as a upgraded package or some kind of different yeah, package but then it would you're, be on you're top
1: buying the Dacron main and right. Dacron Genoa right. and then you do what with it and then yeah, you exactly. buy so that's the problem with the production versus semi-custom so in this case we have options with side sales so as an upgrade you can even go higher with uh, DFI sales which
0: are this really slick black ones that yeah, everybody gets excited about pirate sales but which, which so, are a little outside of our
1: well we we don't know the cost. <laughs> We're assuming it's <laughs> unnecessary for what we want yeah. to do for long-term cruising.
0: You have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah,
1: exactly. But um I, I don't know. We'll have a meeting soon with incidents and we'll definitely ask n- yeah. not only the initial cost but also how long they last mm-hmm. and compared to the iron itself. So
0: Okay, so let's talk about sort of the two main uh, sale plan options? Uh, well, first
1: let me just, um, what define, you know, so we're clear about uh, rigging and sales. So rigging, we talked about this is mass boom, cross beam, shrouds, the electric winches, for example, all these are like the, the, uh, uh, you know, the things that we talk about as rigging for sails. You have your upwind sales, cell, downwind sails. You have the rigging for each of those sails, uh, headstay furlers and stuff like this. So, um, then um, for the rigging um, the uh, what well we like I said we are right now we have at least decided we're going to go with a carbon mass for sure because of the weight saving um, aloft um, that's going to help with with um, Basically, like in in the waves, the the boat going pitch, bo- not pitch pulling, but what's the God, word? God, don't say
0: that. Hobby horsing. <laughs>
1: Hobby horsing. <He's> sorry, a- <laughs> <laughs> I was making the motion with my hand. I was yeah, like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh.
0: Um,
1: so it will save quite a little bit of weight. It will also make the the uh, kind of the the boat uh, more comfortable to to sail. And so, so obviously,
0: the the theory is to keep the weight low on the boat. Yeah, which is why people try to. Um, have a mass that's lighter
1: yeah minimize the weight and then keep the weight low so with the carbon mast, you're you're getting uh, those two advantages uh, the carbon cross beam it's not been designed yet uh, we're going to be looking at this option the one of the major benefit is uh, brings rigidity because it's just basically one piece uh, and, and it's it's basically a cross, yeah. So it's it's attached to the to the bows, and and then you have the launcher in the middle. But that's like one piece. So structurally, um, pretty pretty solid. Yeah. So
0: basically, the holes uh, in these boats are a little bit longer, quite a bit. And um, you know, as you're, if you're doing a circumnavigation, there's some sense of security and safety that goes with the idea that rather than having a um, crossbeam, or sorry, the lazaret is that lazaron and then the cr- aluminum crossbeam in the front which are attached together is there's all one piece in carbon um, that then is attached to the hull so the boat remains really rigid
1: and and it's a uh... It's obviously been designed to, yeah. I mean, that's a thing. Sustain all these, uh, and as uh, is right, it's just in your head. You're like, oh yeah, I like the idea of like having this one piece that holds everything together in the front. It
0: definitely is mental, I think.
1: And, and there's a little <laughs> bit of like the good looking aspect. Yeah, it too. does look better. <laughs> so there is there is the. But
0: also, this is a slippery slope because um, I do want to get to the options, the two options. But the point is, is that. Um, You know, if you want a staysail as part of your setup, you need to upgrade the crossbeam. And then if you upgrade the crossbeam and do the staysail setup, then it's like, well, you've you've done that already. And then you want to like then do carbon and then it's like, okay, just a little bit more. So everything's like incremental. And then suddenly you turn around and it's like a lot of money.
1: But yeah. yeah. So you need to look at it from different angles multiple times. And but uh, yeah. It's an interesting exercise. So we're going to talk about, um, it's quite a complex topic. Uh, there's a lot of variables. We're going to simplify this quite a bit for the purpose for the podcast. We're going to refer to two configurations. And for the lack of a better word, uh, we're going to use one configuration as the self taking gym. Some other people refer to it as the Solent. And the... Um, and then I'll go. Th- I'm going to explain what are the kind of the cell plan that comes with that. And the other configuration will refer to it as the general configuration. And then I'll explain also what we include in that configuration. So, uh, the self tacking jib configuration. So, upwind you will have, as it's called, the self tacking jib. Uh, so, this um, is break the breakdown of further. As the name uh, indicates, it's a self tacking, so it's going to be tacking on a track in front of the mast. And roughly the range uh, for true wind is about starting at 10 knots to uh, strong winds uh, with a reef or two in the main. And you could take um, up to like uh, to, uh, turn or two into the uh, self tacking jib to reduce a little bit of the sail area if needed. If you get that self-tacking jib, the next cell you're going to get um, is a code zero. So, the code zero um, is kind of a between lightweight Genoa and an asymmetric spinnaker. The range for this type of cells is going to be from close hold if you're in light winds uh, to reaching in stronger winds. So, that's kind of your upwind cells. Uh, still in that same configuration, the self-tacking jib. Downwind, you will then have a downwind genaker. So the downwind genaker, if we describe it, is going to be a very deep genoa. It's used for reaching and downwind, and it's uh, rigged on a continuous furler. And then the last cell you will get will be a symmetrical heavy spinnaker. So it's going to be a smaller spinnaker, stronger material, and you're typically going to sell... Using this sail when you're sailing kind of close to dead downwind, 170, 180 degrees, uh, the best setup seems to be with no main, and um, and because it's a smaller sail and and the stronger material, you can leave it uh, during an Atlantic crossing or an ocean crossing, uh, which has
0: its pros and cons because you now can leave it up, uh, yeah.
1: and and if you have squalls, then the boat can and the sail can handle it. So that's kind of the this configuration.
0: Right. But the point I was making is, is uh, you have a sale, but there's no main up. So if something happens and you lose your sale for some reason, there's that to consider. But
1: Well, yeah, we can talk yeah. about, about this later. Yeah, So the Genoa configuration. Uh, so Upwind, you're going to start with the stay sale. Um, so that's a small flathead sale. And that's really going to be uh, useful in 20 plus true wind. Um, so this one has different setups. You could have uh, 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 the headstay with um, I think they call it like uh, I forgot you used to use it on this old cell, the hanks. Like uh, so, it's uh, it stays on the deck. Uh, or uh, we're looking at an option that is going to be a furling stay sail with a hook, so you can totally like remove it, and uh, and there will be a. F- furling and then unfurling staysail. So it has some advantages, we're looking at that. And then the Genoa, um, so that's like the most common versatile head sail. It's rigged on a furler and the range will be from um, zero to like 20 knots true wind. Downwind, if you have this uh, configuration, you will go with a code three Genaker. So that's going to be a bit deeper than a code zero. Uh, the range will be reaching in medium wind, and then uh, the last cell will be an asymmetrical spinnaker A2. So that would be a medium weight um, material, and it's kind of a versatile asymmetrical downwind spinnaker. So those are the, uh, the two configurations we're going to refer to uh, under the name self tacking jib or genoa to make it easier. Um, Yeah,
0: and, you know, my heart was kind of set on the self-tacking jib option. I think I mentioned this in last week's episode, because you literally just go, okay, we're going to tack. You push the button on the autopilot, and you, like, step away, and, and, like, everything just sort of
1: happens yeah,
0: miraculously. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, because, you know, it is. Like, there's not two people. You don't have to wake somebody up or whatever feel like you have to.
1: That's the first impression Mm -hmm. you get. And then let's dive down. Into yeah. more of the details because that first impression might not be right. Uh, the right uh, decision. Like when, you, but it, there is definitely the appealing side of like, yeah, you have the this this self-tacking jib and and then you tack and done. <laughs> it's um, so let's go through. Um, we're going to look at it from an um, upwind and then downwind. So for upwind. We select a couple criteria. So one is going to be performance, and in this case, uh, upwind, um, the Genoa slash sail configuration wins. I mean, the Genoa is a bigger sail area than the self taking gym. Uh, so you can basically put it up in in light air and keep it up up to 20 true wind spin uh, So that's um, and you know obviously it depends on the angle and everything. It's a little bit more refined than this, but giving kind of uh, uh, high-level criteria here. Um, so that, from a performance point of view, that's uh, the bigger sail, bigger sail area, is going to um, be helpful. Uh, but if it gets more windy and you're going upwind, uh, then the stay sail is going to be more adapted to those strong winds, because it's a, it's a smaller sail, it's a flat sail. Uh, the overall uh, sail plan is going to be better balanced uh, because this the head stay is kind of closer to the mast. Well, I'm not sure if I'm describing this well, but it's not all the way at the, at the, at the beam. It's a little further back. Um, so the overall center of efforts uh, for, the, for when the sails are going up, when it's going to be uh, uh, better and the boat will, will sail more balanced that way. And obviously, you're going to be able to sail closer to the wind uh, than the self-taking jib in in stronger winds. Yeah,
0: and there's a little bit of religion about the stay cell or not the stay-sell, right? Like some people are like, oh, I don't need the stay Um The Genoa is good and I'll just kind of roll the Genoa in a little bit, reef the Genoa if I need to. Um, and then there's, you know, purists that are like, oh, my God, you can't reef the Genoa. It doesn't lay right, you know, and and all this stuff. And then there's people that are like, well, you know, the stay sale is like, you know, you don't really need it. And and so this is a whole, like, can of worms, like, mm-hmm. talking about the stay So, but we are thinking about it because we also want to... The versatility of being in different conditions, and um, you know, so when we're looking at these options, we're kind of looking them at them in totality, mm-hmm. and then we'll have the discussion at some point on you know what we pull back from. So just a little more context on on yeah. on that option.
1: And the one thing is, you don't want to make decisions that are going to lock you out, right? Either. Like if you don't, if you if you get the standard. Um, um Set launcher on and beam then you'll you won't be able to have a stay sail and which might be fine for your uh but if you upgrade and but if you don't do the prep then you cannot have it yeah either. so, so let's talk, let me just
0: talk about that so <laughs> so what you can do is you can um rig the boat to have be be stay sail ready so you don't necessarily have to buy the say stay sail but honestly by the time you get it stay sail ready buying the stay sale is really not that big of a deal so it, it's sort of it's sort of like you can do it because maybe you'll need it but then you might just
1: yeah and you the, know get
0: the whole thing it's just by that
1: point point. and the reason to do the prep for the stay sale, you know is when the mast and the run are like um connected not, or not connected not on the boat yet it's easy to do the prep once right. Once uh, everything is set up, then it depends what you have. But if you have the, the carbon mass and the carbon crossbeam, uh, I don't know. Like uh, it, will, yeah. it will probably be more complex and more uh, expensive afterwards. So, so anyway, let's go through the, the criteria. So we went through the performance. So uh, clearly the Genoa state cell configuration wins that category. Ease of use. Um so ease of use is going to be like a point it's basically the cell you have up all the time and then, so if you've gone with the self-tacking jib that's the one that is up all the time you can unfurl if you have the uh Genoa that's the one you have up so uh, we select the self-tacking jib as the category um for the ease of use category as the winner because um uh you literally you were, push a button yeah. As you were saying earlier you do nothing when tacking so No, I mean, it's easy to say, okay, I have nothing to do tacking Now, if you're going to be going up a channel and you're going to do like 20 tacks, yes, that would be great to have that. You press a button, they have nothing to do. If you are in in close quarters or something, in this case, that's going to be helpful. But if you're looking at the scale of like sailing around the world and being in open water most of the time, you're, you're not going to be like or you're not racing you're not going like a point to the point buoy and where you're doing more tax um, you're going to pick your tax and and minimize probably the number of tags you do so it's it looks um, kind of easy obviously but how many times are you going to be tacking do many tags in a row that's something to keep in mind Um the, the Genoa, and the reason we're making it ease of use, is uh, it's obviously you're going to have to ease the Genoa sheet on one side, you have to retrieve it on the other side and sheet in. Um, I must say there is a feature in the BNG and uh, um, autopilot where you can have the autopilot do the self-tacking for yourself. So instead of having uh, two crew to do this maneuver, somebody attacking the boat and you ease and you go on the other side and you retrieve the Genoa sheet on the other side, You basically can do with this feature, you can do a a tack with a Genoa with one person. You will trigger the tack on the autopilot then you wait to ease it and then you go on the other side and you can easily do this with one person. Mm. So it's still obviously going to be easier with the self-tacking jeep, but I will say take into consideration that that self-tacking option on So the you can do it with autopilot. one
0: person, you're just more in- actively involved. You're like partnering with the autopilot. Yeah, yeah.
1: your autopilot is your right. crew and then you're just going to ease on one side and take it on the other side. But since you have the winches, um, you have that option to have mm-hmm. the winches in the cockpit then it's not that much of a, mm-hmm. of a difference. I mean, it's, it's not, yeah, it's. Yeah, so it's
0: easy in, until it comes to needing the code zero, right? Like then.
1: So yeah, so that would be, yeah, if you, if you need to, um, if it's uh, lighter light um, air, then you're going to have to, but that's, that's why I'm talking about like versatility. That's the next category. So the, in the versatility category, uh, the Genoa configuration is going to win, because you can basically it's always set up uh, your Genoa, and you can sail in light air. So like five six knots, you can put the Genoa up to 20, 20 true wind speed. Uh, if you have the self-tacking jib configuration and it's light air, then you're going to have to rig your Code Zero. So your Code Zero. Uh, compared to a, a self-tacking jib or Genoa, they live on a furler, and you can leave them up. If you have a cut zero, you basically um, rig it and raise it when you want to sail with it, and then you put it down. The reason it's uh, it's on a continuous furler, and you definitely don't want that cut zero to unfurl at the wrong time. So, so that's going to mean okay, if it's light air, then. Sure, you could go with your uh, self-tacking jib, but it's going to be a smaller sail, and you're not going to move as fast. So the ideal sail will then be rig your code zero, raise your code zero, it, and furl it. Right, we-
0: which is kind of what the point I was making is, even though the self-tacking jib seems like an easier setup, yes, in reality, in light wind, it's a harder setup because then you have to actually set up your code zero and put your code zero up. So it ends up defeating the whole purpose of having a easier setup versus just using the Genoa for a broader range.
1: And the other, um, the other reason too is, um, if you, so what happens in reality, based on our experience, Mm -hmm. uh, we're assuming a couple, two people, um, at times, if you go on the passage, obviously it's different. But if you have, if you do some coastal sailing and you're not quite sure what the wind is going to do around the corner, mm-hmm. behind the an line and stuff, you might decide to to say, oh, do I rig the code zero yeah. or do I'm going to use a self taking jeep because it's up there? And and over time or many times, you know, because you're shorthanded, because you don't go very far, whatever reason, is, you're not sure about the weather, you're going to pick... Because you know,
0: whatever, you're tired that day and don't want to like, expend yeah. the effort well, for whatever reason, yeah.
1: So it's if everything is easy, you're going to do it. If mm-hmm. everything requires a little bit of work, then you're going to think about it twice. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to make decisions based on yeah your mood and stuff like this. So um, that's why, um, and then so the other advantage, if you have the genoa, and you say, okay, uh, there's a little bit of wind. I don't really want to raise the main because we're not going very far. Mm-hmm. Or then you could unfurl your Genoa. That will power the boat because it's a bigger sail than the self from mm-hmm. jib. So there are times where you'll just want to unfurl the Genoa sail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then so that's the other advantage um, for that.
0: So in essence, um, where we're at right now, and we still have more work to do, is um, – you know where we thought the self-tacking jib option would be easier. It's really what we're concluding is the Genoa is actually simpler. I, I don't know if I would. I think yeah, because know? I think the everything's, key word is is everything's versatility. Yeah, okay.
1: And and I think versatility trumps simplicity, in my opinion. Hmm. Because whatever you have up, like the, those head sails, this is what you're going to be using uh most yeah. of the time because you only need to unfurl you'd have no rigging to do yeah. and stuff like this so so that's to me like um yeah i something mean I, hadn't about. I don't think
0: of it that way but you're an engineer so you think of it that way but I, i'm I'm kind of like if your sales are up you're going to use them more than like yeah. taking all the effort so yeah. to me it's like a simpler setup even though the yes. self-tacking jib comes off as like being easier to use which anyway whatever word you want to use those are that's just kind of like in my mind how i think about it yes
1: yeah, and then when you look at the parlors, obviously we have um, uh, some tables that we can look at and, and look at the yeah you know uh, based on the angle and and wind the conf- the cell configuration. So anyway, so that's uh, well, we have another category for comfort, and then for this category we selected the Genoa configuration, and the reason will be like again we're in the upwind section, so. Um, if you're going to be sailing upwind, wind and some people would argue oh you're going around the world you're sailing down wind blah 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 Yeah, you know, we want to sail and if we have to sail upwind, wind we'll sail upwind. wind that's been our philosophy that in getting a neutromere is basically we want to be able to extend our range of um, sailing regardless of the wind and direction mm-hmm. stuff like this so so if you um, if you have a stay sail, uh, and you're setting up when uh, basically the the boat is going to behave better because it's uh, it's a better the center of effort on the sails. What do you mean? Going,
0: like it's more balanced? Yes, or? more balanced. Yeah. So it won't like roll
1: around. It, the the boat was, will if you take the helm, mm-hmm. like um, it'll be kind of a neutral. Like there won't be effort on the yeah, Pulling to,
0: or whatever. Yeah, it's
1: for either for the bow to want to go up into the wind or, you know, depending or further away, depending if mm-hmm. you have too much of a sail area. Or so you're not fighting the forward. boat to
0: keep it. You yeah, can
1: fine tune okay. the, the sail plan to have a nice balance helm, basically. Okay. So we put uh, the general configuration to win the comfort category. I'm again, sailing up wind. The cost... Clearly, the self-tacking (laughs) jib wins this one. Uh, What's why?
0: Why? Why is it?
1: Yeah, because the uh, the stay sail.
0: Oh, because you have to add that. Yeah.
1: Why it requires preparation on the mast and the launch run, so that costs money. The stay sail has to have its own rigging and um, and then the uh, winch potentially, like to uh, trim the headstay. And, um, and then the sale itself. So when you add that up... Um, and then
0: the stay sale talks you into the... Um Carbon cross beam.
1: Well it doesn't. You can use a compression. Well you beam. can, but it it's talks cheaper. you into
0: it, I'm saying. Like you kind Especially of go from, like if you're doing that, then
1: from like and that's will be questions to the incidence team. And, uh, because now if you get the carbon cross beam, you have a longer bow spread. And now you could use the stay sail with the down with some downwind sails, because now you have a bigger gap uh, between where the tack is on the head sail and and um, and and the stay cell. So there might be some configurations downwind where you can also use the stay cell. What? Yeah, that's kind of more like a a little bit of a racing (laughs) configuration, I guess. But if you have it... Don't get any ideas. (laughs) So let's now talk about downwind and, and let's go through the same categories. And see which one, um, which configuration wins. So, on the performance side, um, so the asymmetrical spinnaker is going to win. So that's part of the Genoa configuration. The reason for that is, if you look at any boat, pretty much, uh, you will see that um, the polars, uh, the boats are not sailing at the fastest speed when they go dead downwind. It's better when they are like uh, 140, 150 uh, degrees from the wind. So better VMGs. Um, you can sail faster, like uh, sailing downwind angles uh, to the wind. And that's kind of how boats, so especially performance boats, are really intended to be sailed. Mm-hmm. So that's that will be the performance um, for the asymmetrical spinnaker. Ease of use, uh, we picked the symmetrical spinnaker, so that's part of the self tacking configuration. The better setup seems to be you don't put any main up, you just rig your symmetrical spinnaker. Um, you're going to be able to leave it up uh, for the night during squalls because it's a smaller and heavier material spinnaker. So you can kind of put it up and more or less forget about it. And, um, and then also the if you have the asymmetrical spinnaker, uh, what it's going to mean is you're going to have to do jibes. So you'll, you'll have the, uh, the main up, um, and then you'll have your asymmetrical spinner. Mm, So it doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> well, you don't have to do like short jibes. <laughs> you can pick, you know, okay, yeah. uh, today, uh, you know, uh, before night, we're going to, because of the wind shift, you're going to get something and, you know, we'll jibe then. And so that means, yeah, all hands on deck, you do jibe and, um, and then you are now on different angle. So it's, it's uh, a little bit more work, but, mm-hmm. um. So that's why a uh, symmetrical spinnaker um, wins the category is of use for downwind. On the versatilis- versatility side, um, with the asymmetrical spinnaker, looks that's part of the Genoa configuration cell plan, uh, as the winner, um, the reason for that is um, you can move the tack uh, from the bowsprit to one of the bows. And uh, so that will allow you to not go as deep as a symmetrical spinnaker, but Go a little bit further um, downwind. So, that will be a, an option you have. The other things that's going to offer sailing um, wind angles downwind is you're going to be able to um, basically pick coordinates where you want to be. That might be a safety factor. You might want to avoid um, to go fast and certain angle to avoid bad weather, or you might be looking for wind shifts. And then uh, so if, you, if you're setting angles, you can more sell kind of a more tactical, uh, uh, have a different strategy on how to take advantage of um, weather or escape weather. For the comfort category, uh, we put as a winner the symmetrical spinnaker, so that's part of the self-tacking configuration. Um, you're going to basically put this, uh, if you cross the ocean, an ocean, you'll sell downwind with the wind, with the waves, and no main, and the boat is going to have a smooth motion. Um, not the fastest one, but comfortable for the crew. Cost, uh, for the downwind sails, it's, it's negligible. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically similar in cost. So, do so we overall, have an yeah, overall winner? it sounds like <laughs>
0: upwind the Genoa configuration is better, and downwind maybe the um, self-tacking jib configuration is better. That's what it sounds like to me.
1: Well, it all depends what criteria yeah. you want to prioritize. So, um, I think we it's work in progress where we're at, and uh, we definitely learned quite a bit having sailed two weekends. Uh, one time on a boat with uh, Genoa, another time with the um, Mm -hmm. uh, self-tacking jib. Um, So that was very interesting. Um, So I think where we're at is to uh, we need to do more sailing, ideally with different kind of uh, sail plans to get a feel for ourselves, um, uh, how we feel about those configurations, probably to talk to more owners, but specifically to some who've done circumnavigation and can provide different some, setups yeah. yeah can provide some feedback we have a meeting s- schedule in I think it's going to be next week with incidents to the sale so that'll be interesting uh, to get their point of view I mean from what we hear they are yeah. obviously cell makers, so they're going to recommend more the Genoa configuration with the stay cell. Uh, from I guess that's what we guess, but um, it'll be interesting to hear why and what are the arguments of one versus the other. Uh, I think we need, uh, based on the criteria as we talked about today, we need to really for ourselves prioritize which one is more important to us.
0: Yeah, right. I think you need to come to terms with how much you actually want to tinker with the sails. Because I think that's
1: an important one. Yeah, if if because, you're new to sailing,
0: yeah, and
1: then you kind of want a performance boat that's going to sail well, pretty much regardless of whatever sail plan, uh, then maybe that's you're happy with something a little bit simpler. But um, but if you definitely enjoy. You yeah, know, playing with and the I think and the this train. is totally
0: personal. You know, like, but when I observe you on the boats, um, the Outremeres as well as when we were on our Fountain Peugeot, you were constantly tinkering. That's just kind of who you are, and that's how you sail. You're always looking for the little you know, extra, you know, (laughs) puff or whatever, you know, and you're over there like, you know, farting around with this and that. So like that's part of how you spend your time. So I could see you being more attracted to the more technical, um, option i don't know if that's the right way yeah to call it's a good
1: it. way to describe it um
0: you know but like for me i probably won't be doing that so <laughs> you know i'll probably be like are we good are we good do we need to do anything um so i think it just depends on you know how the couple intends to work together and and who knows like i might actually you know enjoy the technical aspects too as i get more comfortable and get more experience but who knows what it's going to be
1: like yeah i mean I think that's one comment that, uh, Julien, one of the coaches at the mentioned. It's, uh, I mean, you can sell that downwind with a symmetrical spinnaker and, and then, you know, that's kind of like you forget, you yeah, set it up and forget about it and you get on the other side and, and so good, but, and then you can, you know, relax. And, but, if you want to keep a little kind of strategic you know, or tactical aspect to say, oh, what's the weather going mm-hmm. to be? Like, where, where do I want to be when this kind of wind shifts comes? And Which is kind of how you
0: drive. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> then it
1: adds to your man. crossing. And, and then <laughs> if you do this, in my opinion, uh, you're going to learn. You're going yeah. to get it right. You're going to get it wrong. But as you sail around the world, Everything you learn, yeah, is going to help you making better decisions, and and hopefully mm-hmm. enjoy your crossings yeah. or your sales. Normally. But I do
0: think this last point about you know just deciding how much you want to tinker and how much you want to get into it is is something to consider, and and it's totally personal. So yeah, you know, if you,
1: if definitely if you have a kind of a racing background. Yeah, the the Genoa staysail configuration is. I can see going that because
0: be. every time we talk about it, it's like a big fat smile on your face.
1: <laughs> More fun if you're new yeah. to sailing. Yeah, probably like I mean, unless you 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 know, and you like want to learn, yeah, and you like the technical and, aspect, and then you want to you grow want, into yeah, it. That's exactly. an option. But if you if you just want to
0: cruise around, yeah, yeah cruising a
1: fast boat. I mean, that's yeah. you know so. Yeah, and I, I mean, think,
0: just in, in closing, too, like, what are we talking about in terms of differences of, like, when you say performance? I mean, we're not talking about, you know, five extra knots of speed, are we? Like, you know, without getting specifics on the polars we've seen, but like, you, well, you know, we're not, we're talking still about incremental. I mean, I guess it adds up.
1: It's the sails plus the overall weight. So you need to keep your boat light, yeah? If you're going to load it up with a bunch of stuff. Then of course you know, mm, yeah, the performance are going to have a are going to be impacted. But I think our philosophy is very much uh, keeping the boat light, not just the primary reason being because- light. But I'm
0: not going to sit there and worry about buying an extra pair of shoes. No, like no. It, not but like that. Light
1: but- in the sense of we happen to yeah. have learned that we yeah we don't yeah. we we want to cruise and we are happy to cruise with a very simple boat Mm -hmm. and that fits well with a simple boat
0: boat. with a technical sail plan yeah (laughs) it's your engine
1: engine, you know so that's the engine we want to use not the uh, diesel engines so so yeah i think there is a little bit of a obviously there's some Mm -hmm. some logic and criterias and that you take Mm -hmm. into account and then there is you know who you are where you come from where you want to be you know after a few years uh sailing your boat
0: yeah, so welcome to our big decisions here that we have to figure out in the next couple of weeks, but we wanted to just share with you what we were learning and um, you know some of the trade-offs and pros and cons, and you know, I don't think we have a clear-cut answer yet, and the, at the end, it might surprise us too, so uh, mm-hmm. who knows, yeah. I know, but and wanted so to share. Kind
1: of wanted to share yeah, what we've learned or helped categorize in our heads, mm-hmm. and hopefully it, it, it might help some people to... Um, um, to Maker. look at things and yeah. maybe a different angle. Exactly. Happy to answer questions. Uh, we, yeah, as Ali said, we have more information together, and I think yeah,
0: we'll definitely do a follow up. Yeah, yeah. So sh- with a final yeah sale plan. A sure. sale plan, a committed cell plan, committed cell plan, and then there's no going back. No. Um, yeah, so shoot us an email at sailingowen.com if you have any questions. And uh, really excited to continue to share this with you guys. If you have any specific topic, topics you want us to cover as well, send those our way. Fair wins for now. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair wins for now.